Wait a minute. Dubai, 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 Dubai. Dubai, Dubai, Dubai. So, you guys think there might be a race in uh, Dubai this week? Yes, the Dubai tour continues its metastatic expansion unabated into 2015, inviting pretty much every media organization they could think of, e.g. not Cosmo, and rolling out another no-holds-barred opening presentation. Now you might think that flying a peloton of 200 plus staff, media, VIPs, etc. over 7,000 kilometers from the heartland of the sport would be pretty expensive. And you'd be right. And you might also think that if the cost of bringing World Tour teams to California requires serious under-the-table donations from domestic squads, that whatever mechanism brings the pack to UAE must have some serious grease fed into it. But despite these expenses, we at Cyclocosm have obtained secret leaked footage of race organizer RCS explaining the long-term profitability strategy to local investors from the UAE. I don't get it. You see, phase one, phase two, phase three, profit. Oh, I get it. You know, it might actually be that the race is a stimulus plan for flagging occupancy rates at Dubai hotels. I'm serious. In the event's massive media giveaway, Cycling News appears to have obtained rights to the race footage, but look how they start their recap. The race kicked off in beautiful weather this Wednesday with a 145 kilometer stage around the picturesque Western Beach Resort. I would never do... As awful as the value proposition for Dubai Tour is, I have to say there does appear to be some demand for these warm-ish February races. We got a little preview of the classics just before the month started at the Cadell Evans Great Ocean Road Race, then there's the Herald Sun Tour, which is unsurprisingly being dominated by Orica Greenedge, but the most notable finish might have been this fifth place on stage two from Drapak's Brenton Jones. Lukewarm Majorca has one or five races, depending on how you count, with IAM's Matteo Pellucci and MTN Quebec's Stephen Cummings notching surprising-ish wins over Andre Greipel and Alejandro Valverde, respectively. The fact that all these other events can exist leads me to believe that no one really wants to go to the traditional season openers of GP Marseille, won by Lotto Sudal's Pim Lichtart, who I thought was a breakaway guy in a sprint, or Etoile de Bessege, where the first stage was won by teammate Chris Bulkmans. They even had a protest at yesterday's stage there, because apparently 4C slash 40F is too cold to have a bike race. I mean, it was kind of windy too, but come on. Bessege also has those pain-in-the-butt continental squads like Wanty Group Gobert, for whom the event actually matters. It was their athlete Roy Jans who won the second stage to take the race lead. Compare that to Giant Albison's John Degenkolb here. He's just like, ugh, I'm in the wind. <laughs> Screw it, it's Dubai. Plus, Dubai lets you avoid all those narrow European roads. Check out all those lanes. More lanes means more awesome. For those of you who might disagree with that previous statement, this week's t-shirt donor is the Colavita Fine Cooking Farm to Fork Fondo. The event takes place June 28th, a comfortable distance from New York City in the rural agricultural mecca of Orange County, New York. In addition to full support, time segments, and routes ranging from 11 to 94 miles, the Fondo also features a variety of farm stops, including one with garlic the New York Times described as from another planet. Finally, a Fondo inspired by extraterrestrial performances you can feel good about. For more information, see the link in the description, farmforkfondo.com. Against this backdrop of tune-up events, women's racing has actually been doing a bit better at delivering the results. Yes, both ATIC's Quick Steps Johnny Mearsman and Rachel Nalen of Building Champions came out on top of fairly compelling events at Cadell's Farewell Party. But the echelons at Stage 2 of the Women's Tour of Guitar, eventually won by Bulls Dolman's Ellen Van Dyke, sounded awesome. I just wish there were somewhere I could see them. 
I guess I will be able to see today's Dubai stage somewhere. It finishes on top of a dam. That's like an echelon. Kind of. But more boring. But for me, the best example was Crossworlds. I'm assuming you've seen the relevant How the Race Was Won's and maybe even caught a post-race interview or two. I'm thinking specifically of Enertherm BKCP Sonic Kant's comments about part-time cross-racers. I found it resonant because people are already clamoring to see recently crowned men's world champion Matthew Vanderpool switch over to the road. But I think part of the reason Vanderpool and his contemporary Wout Van Art are so good at cross at so young an age is that the infrastructure exists for them to not be part-time crossers. I mean, Vanderpool has won Junior Road Worlds, but when you ask him about asphalt, he's kind of like, eh, maybe someday. Sure, they could still make more money racing on the road, but I could make more money throwing around div tags than I do putting together these videos. That doesn't mean I should be throwing around div tags, right? I'm Cosmo Catalano, and that was The Week in Bike. <laughs> Thank you.